0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Ipswich councillors grapple with the Astral Court development application. Four councillors abstain from voting in what might be considered a strategic move for survival close to the local government election. Also in this episode, 2023 Ipswich Sports Award winners announced and key Australian military campaigns, recognised with memorials. It's Friday, November 10, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting, trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. It's been a big week at Ipswich City Council committee meetings as councillors faced a major decision on the proposed 140-unit development at Astral Court. On Thursday, November 9, a marathon meeting of the Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee was held and that committee's delegated to make a decision. Councillors discussed the proposal for more than one hour followed by another hour behind closed doors then a further long discussion. Councillors discussed the environment, flooding, traffic and crime. Before the decision, Council Planning Chief Brett Davey told the Chamber the likely scenario if councillors went against officers' recommendations to approve the development.
1: So the pathway forward if that's the the outcome uh, the council will be required to provide uh, justification for that decision uh, i believe the requirements of legislation are for that a uh, rationale to be provided to the planning minister um, for going against the officer's recommendation uh, and uh, that that's one path uh, the other path that would run parallel is the uh, applicant as mr bowles has suggested would um, consider their their grounds for uh, an appeal um, in terms of the process in the planning environment court. That would consider the officer's recommendation, it would consider the entire application anew, knowing the application, knowing the planning scheme in the site, the grounds with which to defend a refusal in the courts uh, are very, very, well, they, I don't think they exist to be frank and honest with you. Uh, and to sort of familiarise yourselves with the court process. In those cases, the court appoints experts to operate for uh, the developer, the the council and any other parties that join the appeal essentially. And each party pays their costs in that process. And the experts are the ones that sit through and go to a great length of assessing all of the material in the application. So you'd have planners, you'd have traffic consultants, you'd have engineers. Um, if those consultants all get together and agree on an outcome, um, then that, that proceeds essentially to a trial which potentially runs with that outcome. If they don't agree, the trial would focus on that outcome. And you know, again, based on my knowledge and understanding of this and the fact that we got the independent decision review panel to review it as well, uh, I very much doubt that a court process would result in anything other than an approval.
0: After one closed session, the meeting returned to live streaming with a statement from Mayor Teresa Harding. Here's part of what the Mayor said.
2: And as the mover, I'd like to say that, um, to start off with, that um, I have come to this matter with, a, with an open mind. I have um, read this, followed this. I have spoken with many residents. I've responded to, I think, every email I've received from residents, um, messages, phone calls, um, I attended the Independent Decision Review Panel, and I, my, my commitment is to try, to try to do the right thing by the people of View as well as um, Ipswich and discharge my duties um, properly, in accordance with the law. Um, and I do note it's not unusual when unit and townhouse developments come to council for assessment that neighbouring residents ha- are in strong opposition. Um, most people are supportive of new development, particularly housing and this current housing crisis, um, as long as it's not in their backyard. And as a result, under the Queensland planning system, councils cannot simply reject an application based on the negative feedback from the community. Every property owner has the right to submit a development application and Council's role well is to assess these applications against the planning scheme. As you can see from the officers' recommendations, the planning, this development is considered to be appropriate for this area under the Ipswich planning scheme. We also, we also unfortunately find ourselves in the midst of a housing crisis where hardworking people in Ipswich simply cannot afford somewhere to live. Sadly, every day we see people living in tents and cars across our city. Um, residents have raised a range of concerns with me, but I can tell you that every single day, I get emails, messages, um, I talk to people. Every single day I have residents asking me, what are we doing about the housing crisis? What are we doing about homelessness? The residents in Flinders you have raised a range of concerns for flooding, environmental issues, density, congestion and increased crime. And I also see that um, other issues that have been raised too and matters to consider is that especially in an aging population it's really important for us to offer an opportunity where people can retire in the same suburb that they've lived all their life so um, having dwellings like this does allow that. Council has worked hard to clarify and to respond or condition these concerns appropriately as part of the assessment process and I think all 122 people who made a properly made submission um, because I see for what I can see it really did focus um, Council officers in, in doing those conditions. And it certainly um, was how the, the independent decision review panel also viewed things as well. Um, for Council to be able to refuse this development, it would need to be able to raise genuine and outstanding planning concerns with this application. Um, we cannot do this on a, on a groundless basis. There needs to be a basis for that.
0: In the same meeting, Councillor Andrew Fechner spoke in support of approving the application. Here's part of what he said.
3: I also speak in support of the recommendation in front of us today um, and thank council officers for their diligence um, in preparing this information for us. I know that um, they have worked to communicate with our residents, um, sometimes late in the evening and early in the mornings. Um, to try and allay the concerns that were raised by the residents. It's always important that our residents have um, an opportunity to be heard. And I think that uh, through the IDRP, um, that was a really um, a great um, process where our residents were able to address an audience of their peers, but also a professional independent panel um, to raise their concerns. Um, So we went to those lengths um, to really understand, you know, the core problems um, that our residents had. And I believe that the report in front of us goes, you know, into significant detail about how some of these um, issues raised ended up um, improving the conditions, uh, as in adding more conditions on the developer, um, as recommended by our officers today. Um, but also in in some ways in understanding um, the bigger ideas around traffic movements. I mean, that was a significant point of discussion this morning um, that we had. But when we're relying on the advice of professional traffic engineers um, being supported by both our council officers and the independent review panel, um, you know, we we trust that that information um, is legitimate. Um, and has a certain rigour around it in that it has essentially been peer-reviewed twice. Um, We spoke about um, the complex, I guess, environmental regulations around um, this application um, and noted that Council doesn't really have a role to play and and that is the case and we see this across developments um, uh, within the LGA. Uh, where the referral agency is sometimes the state, sometimes the Department of Environment and Science has to come in, and sometimes it's the federal government through the EPBC Act.
0: There were additional comments from Councillors Jacob Madsen and Sheila Ireland. Before the vote, Councillor Paul Tully proposed an amendment to reduce the number of units from 140 to 120 in this exchange of views with Mayor Harding.
4: I propose the following amendment to um, to the motion, and I'll read it out A, it's in two parts A and B that the following words be added at the end of the recommendation, subject to the reduction in the number of approved units to 120. B, in accordance with section 254H of the Local Government Regulation 2012, the reasons for this decision are based on having regard to the general incompatibility of the development with surrounding area uses, the unacceptable substantial removal of vegetation the major negative effect on flora and fauna, including koalas, unacceptable traffic congestion, including the development of the site with un- only one road in and out, and the bushfire risk of the area.
2: So as the, the mover, I don't agree with that, but happy for you to move that as a foreshadowed motion.
4: Oh no, I'm moving it as an amendment. It's, it's not a foreshadowed motion. Oh, okay. It, it's an amendment to add words to the motion.
2: Okay. So do you have um, someone to second that amendment?
0: I'll second that, yeah
2: Thank you, Councillor Johnnick. So it's we're moving to see if the amendment could be included in there. Um, any discussion on that? Yes, Councillor Johnnick.
4: Um, I won't reiterate the, the exact words I used, but, but sometimes a, a, a compromise of sorts um, even if it's not exactly what a developer may have wanted and not exactly what uh, residents who are submitted may have wanted, but it can go a long way to uh, giving a clearer indication that we do um, consider and to partly accept the, the arguments that have been put, put forward. Um, it's always possible with, with a refusal um, uh, or an approval that the matter will end up in the Planning and Environment Court. I'm not opposed to the general motion there. Um, and I've indicated that already. But I do think that this amendment, with the reasons stated to comply with the legislation, would go a long way, uh, not for all submitters, but a long way for many submitters who, who understand and appreciate the complexities and the difficulties involved in assessing applications like this, that we at least listened partly to what they were saying.
2: Thank you, Councillor Talley. Um, I guess it's, it's speaking against the amendment, um, in my many discussions with, with residents, their their views were, I guess, sorry, I shouldn't speak to them, the status, but I guess for the, um, they just don't want it done. There wasn't a matter of having a reduction. They just don't want the development full stop happen. So I, I won't be supporting it. Is there any other discussion? I'll have, do you, Councillor Taylor, to do a and a reply before yeah, the I
4: appreciate the that. Um, uh, and a lot of people sometimes don't understand the intricacies of Planning legislation and the um, procedure in the Planning and Environment Court, but even if people um, don't want um, the development at all, and that could be the uh, NIMBY syndrome, um, at least we could indicate to some extent that just a a softening of the of the 140 units down to 120 um, might be an appropriate way. And uh, if that were to be carried, it might be um, within the consideration of the applicant of whether or not. they they would accept that um, and uh, then we can all move forward. Thank
2: you. So so what we're looking is is to change the, it's not the matter itself, but it's to make this the amendment um, for us to consider. So those in favour of this now becoming the motion for us to consider, please raise your hand. Uh, So um, Councillor Madsen, Councillor Doyle, Councillor Tully, Um, those against, so myself, Councillor Kunzelman, Councillor Milligan and Councillor Fechner, how do you vote, Councillor Johnnick? I
3: vote
2: in favour. In favour. Okay, so the amendment before us now, I'll let- oh, Abstain. Oh, sorry, and Councillor, okay, and Councillor has abstained. So that is a, a, a negative. So the amendment didn't get up.
0: When the vote was finally taken, the application was approved with support from Mayor Harding and Councillors Kunzelman, Milligan, Fechner and Doyle, with Councillors Madsen, Ireland, Jonnick and Tully abstaining. In other local news you may have missed, key Australian military campaigns are now being recognised with memorials alongside the traditional memorials at the RSL Memorial Garden, some for the very first time. Ipswich Mayor Theresa Harding said nine landmark war memorials have been installed so veterans and the community could commemorate the various military actions appropriately. The plaques include the Afghanistan War, Boer War, Borneo Confrontation, Iraq War, Korea, Malaya Emergency, Peacekeeping Operations, the Vietnam War and First Nations People. Ipswich City Council supported Ipswich RSL sub-branch in their application for funding, design of memorials and construction in consultation with the Ipswich RSL sub-branch. The project was fully funded by the Federal Government's Saluting Their Service Commemorative Grant Program. A new $2.99 million clubhouse at Jim Donald Parklands has been completed to improve facilities for Ipswich cricket and soccer players. The fields surrounding the new clubhouse are home to brothers Ipswich Cricket Club and the Raceview Soccer Club. The total cost of the project was just under three million, with $2.09 million from Ipswich City Council and $900,000 from the Queensland Government. And finally, an inspiring group of Ipswich's top sporting officials and competitors, including local heroes and international stars have been recognised at the 2023 Ipswich Sports Awards held recently. Equestrian two-times gold medal Olympian Isabella Parisi claimed the coveted Senior Sportsperson of the Year Award. Other category winners were Coach of the Year, Nicholas Such from Wheelchair Basketball, Volunteer of the Year, Pauline Alchin from Hockey, Team of the Year, the Under-14 Boys Ipswich Force Basketball Team, Official of the Year, Steve Rogers from Hockey, Sporting Organisation of the Year, Ipswich Grammar Swimming Club, Master Sportsperson of the Year, Steve Graham in weightlifting and Junior Sportsperson of the Year, swimmer Ella Ramsey. And that's it for this episode. Just a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes, including Ipswich City Council's YouTube channel, where you can watch all meetings live or on demand. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is listener supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Follow and stream this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening.